Do you believe there is more to your career than waiting for the gold watch in 40 years? Did you know that the average American spends 200 hours a year commuting to a job they probably hate? Does it frost your ass to get a 2% raise that barely keeps up with the rate of inflation? Have you ever worked for a boss hole? We know how you feel, and we want to help. Welcome to the Boss Free Society Podcast, your entertaining entrepreneur therapy session with your hosts, Tim Wambach and Patty Dominguez. Couch not included. Tim, we're live. We're live and we are back in the studio with another awesome guest that I can't wait to interview. Uh, his name is Gary Wise. He's one of the most promising authors today. Uh, he's already published an Amazon bestseller and he's currently writing his second book. Gary is developing a program to help others write their own book and to teach them all about product development. Gary has worked with the finest authors and literary agents. His book, Write Your Own Paycheck, Seven Steps to Becoming Highly Paid as a Published Author, reached Amazon number one bestseller in three categories within 36 hours of launching. Uh, the Boss Free Society podcast welcomes Gary Wise. Gary, welcome. Wow. Welcome, <laughs> uh, Gary. You guys are awesome. Thanks. Yeah, well, it's thank a you, thank you for your time. We're excited to kind of deep in, uh, deep dive into some of your stuff, and uh, just thanks for thanks for taking the time with us. Yeah. So, what we want to know is from from our audience: How do you do what you do, and how did you get started doing what you do? Uh, it's, it's an interesting story. It's like I was saying a little earlier. I I started in 2010. I went to an event in San Diego. Uh, with a man named Mike Koenigs, and of course everybody knows who he is by now. If they don't, they will. But um, at any rate, I did that, and and to get there, I purchased a, a program from from his organization for about nine hundred dollars at the time, and this again was two thousand ten, and I had just been laid off my job, so I didn't have quite enough cash to make that trip after I spent the thousand dollars to purchase it. So I went to a carpet store and I sold them a video package. To pay for my train ticket, I took a train down there just because you know I hadn't done that since I was in second grade and I had good <laughs> memories of riding on a train. So I drove, I rode down on the train. It took thirty hours to get there. Mm. Then I stayed, I stayed in a hotel and rode a trolley back and forth to the event site. So you know the hotel where the event was, of course, that's like one hundred and thirty dollars a night. Well, I stayed in the hotel for for sixty dollars a night instead, and then bought a fifteen dollar trolley pass wrote it for four days. And it runs all over San Diego. I thought that was very cool. Mm -hmm. But um that's how I got started with it. And of course that led me to the idea. Of course I've always had the idea I wanted to write a book. And and, and people like Dave Ramsey and John Commuta, they really make me ill, but um because they, they did the same thing that I wanted to do and they used the subjects that I wanted to use. And sooner or later I'm still gonna do that. But back to what I was saying, I kind of had that in mind when I first come in contact with the first publishing program that Mike put out and that was author expert marketing machines. And I didn't do anything with it even after going through the certification program so I could use it to consult for others to help them write their own books. Well, I always had the idea that I needed to write my own book first. I never got that done the whole time after, after going through that program. And I got a phone call from one of Mike's sales salespeople or, or from somebody in his organization. This was probably July last summer. And asked me if I wanted to participate in a live training program where they were building a whole new program to, to follow up AEMM 
And I said, no, no, I, I got too many things going on, so I really can't make that trip. And I got to thinking about that, and I called another lady that I had gone through that original certification program with, and she's in Colorado. And I asked her, I said, did you get a phone call from this guy, David Traub? And she says, no, but I got an email from him. And she says, she was telling me about the email. I said, well, forward that to me. Would you want to take a look at it? So I get that. And then, of course, Mike has one of his awesome videos in there. And he's sitting there telling me about how it's going to be important to attend this program because there will be opportunities to be on the ground floor of something very big. So I call the guy back and I says, you know, I, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> My big problem is every time. And, and, and I got to give I got to give a shout to Lori. Um Hall. She's she's Mike's personal assistant. And, and, and the reason is because when I met her in San Diego in 2010, she gave me a, a free drink ticket. She's, you know, so I've been pretty much connected to her ever since. And she's my person inside the organization. So if I need something, I call Lori. I say, Lori, can you, can you help me with this, that, or the other thing? Well, she told me about the AEMM program. And then, in fact, I just talked to her this morning, but I told her, I, I called her and I said, sign me up for this other one. And so I went out there to San Diego and, in, in August went through that three day, two day, two day program. And I came back home and Mike has this thing. He's, you know, my problem is, is I was driving truck for a living. You know, I was working in the oil fields and I was, I was working 70 hours a week as a rule. Yeah. So I told the guys, you know, I'm sitting right here in this, this classroom and I'm telling him, I says, yeah, I said, my problem is I don't have enough time. I'm, I'm always working. And and he, he pulls his finger up and he starts playing this, world's smallest violin across his thumb for me and playing what is a Crimea river or some such thing or another made me mad. <laughs> yeah. I went home and I don't mean literally, I mean, I love the guy to death, but I went home, finished the book that I started, published it, got it to number one in 36 hours. So when I went back, I sent, I sent uh, proof of the, the number one status to, to his coordinator, his event coordinator. And she, she she sent me a message back. She says, okay, she says, we want to give you an award for that. And I went back to that event in September, which was a month later, and I was determined to have all this done because I was already already planning to go to that event after going to the training program in, in August. And I sent her back the proof, and she said, well, we're going to give you an award for that book. And I get there, and we did that. I thought, that's very cool. But the uh, the biggest thing for me was I wanted to go back for this event in February, which was specifically for Publish and Profit. Right. So so I went back there for that, and I had sent them, you know, they sent an email ask, you know, asking for people who wanted to be on the panels and such as that. And I, you know, I thought about that. It's okay. I wasn't really certain that I had done anything to qualify me to be on those panels, but. I got another award for that book for getting a number one bestseller, which the first one was specifically for implementation or actually taking action on something after I'd learned it. And the second one was for hitting number one bestseller. And then I um, got on that panel and I thought that was very cool. And as a result of that, I went out with a group of people that I went through that original class with. There were like 40 of us there. So we were the original 40 in the, in the uh, publishing profit. That's really cool. <laughs> the, Publish and profit. Um, what do they call that? The the group, the uh, Facebook group, the private group. Okay. The, we we were like the very first forty people in there, and so you know we were basically just kind of hammer back and forth, and then we all went over to uh, Joe's Crab Shack right next to the the Double Tree there in San Diego, and 
there was, there was like, we had half the tables in the place all shoved together. There was about 30 or 40 of us sitting there, plus a few people that I didn't recognize that kind of tagged along. But yeah, that was very cool. But I go back over to the hotel because that was the same evening for the, um, Matt, um, what did he call it? The meet and greet, you know, where yes. they met in the, met by the pool and the bar and that kind of thing. So I went over there and of course you got to make an appearance there too before I crashed. And after I left there, I'm on my way up to my room and I step into the elevator and this, this lady from San, uh, LA, she, she steps in there and we were just talking just a little bit. She recognized me from the panel that I was on Friday evening, which that was the same day. It was Friday. And, uh, I started talking about what I do and what I'd been doing and how I got started. And she says, can I buy you lunch? Remember what Ed said about free lunches? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, so, so if I may, to give people some context to it, it's like um, we as entrepreneurs may have the, the, um, that exposure to different people that find what you have accomplished intriguing, right? If there's something that maybe they see you in a light where they're like, wow, this person's an expert. This person has accomplished so much. You you may, as you develop that skill set, be um, contacted or approached in people who want to buy you lunch and people who want to spend time with you. And so you have to be very selective and careful because the one thing that, that a speaker at this event talked about at Rush was people don't necessarily take action on it. You know, they want to kind of spend time, but they don't take any of that good advice, right? And so... The big learning there is, well, you know, be careful who you are spending your time with. And more importantly, there's an opportunity for you to actually charge people for that good advice, right? Because if you don't pay, you don't pay attention. So <laughs> that's like a good learning. That's a really great quote that I heard. But uh, sorry, I just had to put that in there because oh, I think no, it's no, such that's... an important thing uh, for for the people that are on this podcast, just listening to these stories. Take that away. Take that away and implement that as you go about people wanting to tap into the resources, the expertise that you offer. You may want to consider charging for it. That's that's totally, totally exactly what was going through my mind when she said that. It's, yeah. okay. it's not the first time I heard that story. I heard that story also back in... No, 2013 when I went through the original certification for AEMM. And then I, uh, those thoughts went through my mind. And get this, it gets even better. So I, I agreed. I said, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll talk during lunch, you know. And, and then we go back, of course, and then Ed does his little presentation just before lunch. And, of course, he made that same challenge he did back in September about somebody bringing him uh, a written agreement of any kind, whether it be with someone at the event or someone you know or whatever the case may be. And I, I wasn't able to accomplish that in September, but because I had done what I had done since then and I got on that panel and being recognized is, certainly helps a lot. And then for her to approach me in the elevator and said, can I buy you lunch? Of course, I was thinking the very same things that you just talked about. I said, okay, where is this going to go? But yes, uh, Saturday at lunchtime, I walked out because I told her I would meet with her and the new CEO of the company who is – is merging with um, Instant Customer, which is the Pulse Network. She was out there visiting with him as I walked out, and she says, oh, oh I got to go. I got to go pick this guy's brain again. This very same thing. Ed's, Ed's, Ed's conversation runs right through my head again. But it all it all worked out very well. By the time we finished lunch, I, I agreed to – and her book was mostly written. She's already gone through her second edit. All I have to do is finish it, get it published – and then from there, help her develop a product, which I agreed to do for 30% of whatever the product sells, and I'll host the product on my site. 
Okay, that's brilliant. That's, so then, so has your business evolved into more of the the consulting arm where you're doing strictly consulting because you said, and I think this is fascinating, by the way, that you were a truck driver. Is that right, Gary? That's correct. Yes. How, how did this evolve? Because I think we, I don't want to bypass that. I want to um, really highlight the fact that if you want to be boss free, you can do that. It's just the actual action that you took to say, you know what, Mike, you're playing me the smallest violin ever, and now I'm going to take that and damn you, you know what I mean? You're like, dang you, I'm going to get it done just to be spiteful, but it turned out to be really great for you. So that move in, in completing your book and taking massive action to mm-hmm. create something in a 36-hour period is super impressive, so I don't want to kind of gloss over that. How did you, how did you wire your brain to make that happen? Just like you said, he's not the first one that ever told me I couldn't do something or okay. or or goaded me into it by getting on my okay, I'll show him. Yeah. But uh, um, I got to take a half a step back. I got the book done and published in 36 hours, but I started writing it prior to that time. So I took the content that I already had put down, which I I started using a program that comes well, it doesn't come with the computer. But when I bought my Mac, I found that I was able to come up with a program. It was called I it was a app it was iBooks Author. Uh-huh. So I started transferring everything that I had written on. Uh, I had done it all by hand. So everything I was writing, I was writing in a journal about what I wanted to put in this book. And then oh, I, just wow. trans- I just transferred it all to there. And then I had gone to this event. So, okay, well, I took that content. And then I learned that I can, I can dictate a lot of it. And then I discovered Siri and how smart she – well, actually, she's stupid. But uh, <laughs> I hate Siri. <laughs> Tell her to call somebody see who she calls. Yeah. But anyway <laughs> – but but she does translate, and and I have to of course pre-edit before I send it to the editor. But um, I discovered that I can dictate to my phone using Google Docs or something like that, and I'll dictate my content right to a Google Doc, and then I'll turn around and pre-edit it, and then I'll develop it into chapters or whatever I want to from there. And that's how I did the rest of it because I did it while I was working, and that's how I was able to get a lot oh, of it done. Brilliant. So. If, if I'm sitting here waiting to unload a truck, I'm sitting here talking to my phone and telling it what I'm thinking. Mm, you know, that's yeah. smart. That's a really good tip. That's a great it tip. It is. Gary. I mean, I'm planning on making a video. I started a, a a little mastermind group. There's only three of us so far that came from this event, and we went through uh, a mastermind group with Pam, Ed, and Mike on Thursday before the event started. And there was only like 10 of us there. So we had all three of them. We were able to pick their brains for almost an entire day. Wow, that's priceless. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is. I mean, and it, you know, I had to purchase a program from Jeff Walker to get that. Right. And that, that's the only reason I bought it because I wanted to spend that day with, with those three in, in that live setting. Yeah. And, you know, the counsel I got from Pam, and I didn't quite catch it at the time. And I went back later and told her, so oh, I got it. But what she told me is she says, you need to go back to back home, which is this is not really home. I don't ever claim this place is home. But anyway, she told me, she says, you go back home. And she says, uh, you need to work with people directly right there. And well, the first thing that comes to my mind is all the people out here in North Dakota, they're here to, to work in the oil fields. Well, it didn't dawn on me at the moment when she said that. And and then I went back, of course, and and I and I made that deal with the lady from L.A. with the the book and the 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 product package, and I says, wait a minute, I can go back there and I can speak to chambers, business, you know, business groups or whatever else, and promote them or promote myself to them rather than people who are working out here just to make a fast buck and go home, right? Because because those guys, I mean, most of these guys they have no ambition anyway. All they all they see is is quick cash and they're. You know, well, I don't know. I mean, some of them have, you know, have admirable purposes. I mean, I came out here with, with the original intent of becoming debt-free 
And I've done that. You know, I, I basically am. I mean, I own everything in my life, my airplane, my bike. I mean, it's all paid cash. I mean, it's all paid off. I own nothing on any, anything material other than the house that I'm living in right now. And I got nine payments left on that. Wow. But um, my whole purpose was to get debt free so I could go back. I came out here from the Portland area. I mean, in fact, Paul Colligan, Brendan Burchard, they're all my backyard, you know. But uh, I came out here with the intent of getting my debts all paid off. So when I went back there, I didn't have to worry about focusing on anything except building my business. And, of course, at that time, that was just taking offline business and putting them online and helping them develop some kind of presence. And I was able to hit the top ten of Google with everything I did. Of course, things change, and that's that's why I continue to go back to all these events. I mean, I'm always wanting to keep up on the, the latest and greatest. Uh, my next trip back there will be in June. I'm going back to do the master class with the live casting. Brilliant. Staying ahead of the learning curve. Got to. Absolutely. <laughs> so now you, you said that you, had, you spent all day with uh, three individuals that really you were able to pick their brain. What would you say was the the highlight or maybe some really tangible information that you got from that that mastermind uh day again right back to mike and what he what i said earlier about him playing his little violin for me this time he rubbed his eyes together like he was crying <laughs> he really he really pushes your buttons though gary but you know he he, <laughs> he does it on purpose <laughs> because he, he knows you it to works. create movement yeah it's a, yeah it's a good exactly. coach it's a good coach it, it is you know and i love the guy to death there's no two ways in the world i mean there's no way to, you know around that but back to what i was saying he told me Right after he did that, he says, let me do that for you again. So he rubs his eyes. And then he says, you know, you." he says, what I think you need to do is figure out what you're going to do when you grow up. Well, okay. Because I have all kinds of ideas. And they come through my mind faster than I can implement them, you know. And, and one of the things that I do plan to do and want to do is I'm already developing a program to go behind my next book, which is about affiliate marketing and teaching people to do those kinds of things. And my idea behind that was, well, there's a lot of people in my situation, whether they be here or road drivers or whatever the case may be, but these people are all working away from home. And I know personally that many of them would rather be at home making a living rather than out on the road or out here in the middle of nowhere or whatever the case may be. And, and in some cases, like I grew up in Nebraska. I went back there for my mother's funeral in 2013, and I was looking at a house in the town where I grew up for $30,000. Wow. How much money does a person need to live if they don't have a big expense or a lot of debt? You know, I mean, I can make, well, a good example, Saturday, 30 minutes, three grand. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? How much, if I, if I only did that once a month, that's more than enough to live there. Right. But that, you know, and that's back to the original debt-free lifestyle that I was learning growing up. And then that's why I hate Dave Ramsey and the John community guy. But anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that. That's the thing, but but back to what Mike said, you know, and he says what I need to do is to start doing some consulting. So Saturday, I started doing some consulting. That's really smart. So then, are you doing consulting around book consulting, or it seems like you have a passion for like the finance to live debt free? I see that it's a huge opportunity because kudos to you for the lifestyle that you lead. I mean, as an entrepreneur, the fact that you own. Your plane, did you say that you have a plane? Yes. You yes, have a plane and a motorcycle, and you don't have debt. How how did that happen? I, I'm going to kind of take us off on a little fork there about that because that is extremely that's, impressive, Gary. That's beautiful because I love that fork. Yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll go back to the beginning. It started when I was in the military, and my my children's mother. I mean, she used to be my wife. But anyway, we um we were together when I was in the military, and I was probably 17 when I joined, and I was 20 when I got out. 
went into a bank to borrow money. And the guy said, he laughed at me. It's like, really? I mean, a $300 a month income. He says, yeah, you, you don't have the kind of income to come in here and borrow money. And he says, but let me give you some free advice. And this is how all that started. He says, when you do get to a point where you're able to borrow money, he says, always match the principal payment when you make a payment on your loan. And he used a house as an example. And my my last house payment, well, the, this one, I pay nine eighty eighty a month, nine eighty eight oh seven a month for this house. But I only pay 10%. I mean, I don't care if I pay it off quick or not because it's on a three-year note. You know what I mean? And it's just a mobile home in a park. But um, I bought it because I got tired of being threatened with roommates. But back to that story, the man said, he said that uh, always match the principal payment on your loan. For example, if the loan payment was a thousand and your and your interest was seven fifty and your principal was two fifty, then you'd turn around and pay twelve fifty instead of the thousand. And he says, by the time you're halfway through with that, he says your interest and your principal are going to match. But by that time, you're paying fifteen hundred, not the twelve hundred. But he says, by the time, and he says, the idea behind that, he says, by the time you get to that point, you should be making more money as time goes on. But that's when I first started getting interested in all this stuff. And and you know how you, you always say, well, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I, I kept learning and, and, and learning and, and learning more. And then I got I bought a book from a guy. I don't know if it was from him directly, but Larry Burkett. If you ever heard of him, he, he he wrote a finance book for like 1995, and I bought that book and I read it. It's okay, this makes sense because he was talking about using the envelope system and paying cash for everything instead of using checks and credit cards and that kind of thing. Right. But and then I heard another story from a guy named John Commuta, which he had another program very similar. And then Dave Ramsey. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say the the snowball effect. That was what exactly. Commuta, yeah. Well, yeah, and, and 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 then of course, then I heard about Dave Ramsey from one of my coworkers, and 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 I started listening to him. And I said, "Damn, this guy sounds a whole lot like John Commuta." <laughs> John Commuta had his his alpo his uh, uh was it cat food? Yeah, it was. No, it was dog food on crackers or whatever it was. He says, you know, he, brought, he <laughs> says, yeah, well, the whole story is when you're old, you don't want to have to eat dog food on crackers instead of uh, being able to afford proper meat and protein and things of that kind of uh-huh. and 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 then of course i hear dave ramsey saying the same thing he says yeah he says you don't want to eat cat food on crackers you know one of them whichever was it was reversed it was a, okay so this guy sounds like he listened to this guy's stuff and he was just basically mimicking it yeah but um i kicked myself because i had those same ideas i was 20 years old when i was in the military this was like 19 i got out in 70 i got out in 1980 all of that was prior to all of this, but I didn't take the time to write those books. But that's what got me interested in the idea of living debt-free. It's just very hard to do when you're young because you know, we're not all that smart when we're young. And, and the hard part's convincing those who are young today that, that you know, you remember when your dad told you not to do something? And, of course, the older you got, the smarter he got. Yes, indeed. <laughs> that's the truth. <laughs> it is, but try to try to prove that to anyone under 30 today, you know, yeah. or 35, you know. But that's how I got started with all of that. And, of course... I was determined to write that book, you know, to go ahead with those programs. And that's what my original plan was. It's okay, well, these guys did it. But then I heard somebody else. In fact, um, you know who John Lee Dumas is? Of course. Yeah. Sure. I, I heard him say that very same thing. He says, oh, big deal. Somebody else has already done it. Just put your own personality in it. Redo it and do it your own way. So, it's oh. true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's true. I guess to that point, it's um, you always hear, 
you know, the term hacking, right? So you're like hacking the way that other people are doing things. You're modeling it. Um, so it's not necessarily stealing it because a lot of these concepts have been said and said over and said again. You just put your own branding on it and add your flavor to it and you can create a program and have a following and create your tribe that that, that follows you with what you have to say. So, yeah, absolutely. Right. Yes. And I totally agree. You know, I, I got very excited about that because while I was in San Diego back in February, I had, you know, John Cody, you heard his name mentioned a time or two. He actually did us. He had a part up there for about 15 minutes, I think. But that's how he got started. And, you know, I, I've yet to tell him this story, so I'm going to get in touch with him because I am a living proof of his concept. You know, because back in 2006, I flew down to, and I would say flew. I mean, I did. I flew. Me. me, you, know, me my, <laughs> you flew my your airplane. plane. Yes. Well, actually, it was a rental, but <laughs> my airplane's too small. My ex-wife and I didn't fit in it. Mm-hmm. But um, we flew down to Lake Havasu, and that took all of four hours, four and a half hours from Tri-Cities, Washington. So we flew to Lake Havasu, and then from there down to the border and took a, a rental car to the border and walked across at Los Algodones. In fact, I heard him talking on one of his podcasts, which I listened to John Cody's podcast for the first time, you know, just recently, because I wanted to hear what he what he does. And I've listened to a couple of different people, but he put me in touch with John Lee Dumas. And the reason was because I wanted to, my next step, and then and this Jesse, bless her heart, told me, I says, okay, Jesse, just said, no, what's next? And she says, you need to do a podcast. And I said, okay, how do you do that? <laughs> so I talked to John Cody when I saw him. I got in touch with him before we got there. And because he was one of the original 40 that went through that class with me in the master class for publishing profit. That's cool. Yes. And he, uh, he told me, he says, well, he says, John Lee Dumas has this program where you, you, I think it's 10 days or something like that to building a podcast, his home free course or free home course for mm-hmm. podcasting. So I started listening to that. I downloaded it all and I listened to it in my truck. I love my iPhone because I use it for that purpose. And it, it, I put everything on there I want to be able to listen to and just plug it into the stereo in the truck and just listen to it all day long. Yeah. But, um, at any rate, that's my basically my next step, you know. And of course, that's tar- targeted more toward the affiliate marketing business and the training programs than it would be for consulting, because most of the people that I want to would want to consult with are going to be professionals or or others who think they would benefit from a book. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I I, I will help anybody write a book that wants to actually do it. Right. But you know, it's it's those are the people that I would be targeting for the most part. So, Gary, what would you say is the ballsiest move you've ever made as an entrepreneur? We like to ask this question to people just to kind of get them thinking and to see kind of kind of what comes out. Well, it's an easy question for me to answer <laughs> because it wouldn't be – this is not the first time. I mean, I owned an upholstery shop for several years in Washington State, and I got fed up. I, I was driving truck. I mean, I started driving truck in 1985, and I drove long haul. My ex-wife, she says – yeah, my daddy used to drive truck in Kansas City. He made lots of money. Okay, great. First thing she did was leave after I got out on the road. So, well, thanks a whole lot. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I wound up moving to Washington because of her. I lived in Kansas at the time. So I was driving out of Kansas, Garden City, Kansas. And um, at any rate, I got out there and I got tired of driving. And I learned how to repair holes, rips and tears and, and vinyl and things like that. So I opened up an upholstery shop in the Seattle area, and then I closed it down. Management issues, you know, you got to learn how to run a business before you can run a business. But uh, And then I moved over to the Tri-City area, and I uh, was driving truck again. You know, I drove five or six years for one company hauling fertilizer and fire retardant to any forest fire in the country. And from there, I went driving five western states for a company out of um, Yakima called Haney Trucking, but... Uh, 
I got tired of being on the road and it didn't take long, less than a year, you know. So I, I took a, a local job driving a fuel truck. And these people are the worst people I ever worked for. <laughs> I kid you not. I mean, other than Cisco, or not Cisco, but uh, FSA, Food Services of America. They're all, they're all about numbers and how fast you can go. I said, okay, you know, I'm doing what I can do. But the trouble is they had to always move things around. So once I got used to a certain route and I was able to keep up with with what they wanted, they would trip me up. They'd move me off to somewhere else. And, you know, and, and I found out later that's because I was getting close to collecting my benefits, you know. So oh, once, wow. So, so once you got close to that six-month time frame, they wanted to find a reason to get rid of you. So they'd put me somewhere else where I couldn't move as fast. And yeah, I'd that's wind corporate up, for you. Oh, oh I'm, I'm fed up with them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I ever not, Never. Not again. But, a um, bunch of boss holes, I tell you. <laughs> that's good <laughs> i like that that's good um i went to work for that fuel company and i worked for them i i left and i started hauling wood chips for boise cascade you know for a while and i wound up going back there because the schedule didn't work out and the owner's son was a regular boss hole that's a good way to put it <laughs> we'll just leave it at that but at any rate the, you know, you asked me, and I says, I basically just took a leap of faith, and I opened up an upholstery shop, and the next thing you know, I was busier than I could keep up with, you know, so I just reopened it. I always kept my equipment. I always, In fact, I still have it to this day. If I ever need a job, I know I could always go back to that. See, that's really important, and I think that the key, the message there is that you, you seem to be a person that reinvents himself pretty easily, so that flexibility is there to recognize that if you're in a situation that you don't like, it's okay, it's absolutely okay to flex. It's okay to adapt with the times because you're talking about going from truck driver to upholstery uh, shop owner to you've done you're a pilot, you're an affiliate marketer, you're an author, so. Uh, kudos to you for what you're getting done. And in the future, it's podcasting. Is that right? It's coming very soon. Well, that is really exciting. So, awesome. so tell us about what um, your plans are for the next year, let's say. What is it that you want to focus on? I love, the, I love this question. because, and, and the reason is because I've already been thinking about that. Um, I have nine payments left on this house. And it's my intention to be back working 100% for myself by the time it's paid for. Brilliant. And the reason is because, okay, okay, I pay off the house. I can either do one or two things. I can sell it for what I paid for it, which is around 40000 Keep in mind where it is. It's a 20-year-old mobile home. But because of where I'm at and the housing issues here, and I only pay three fifty a month for space rent, I'll sell the house for the same price I paid for it easy. Right. And then I'll turn around and go back somewhere else where – like like I mentioned Nebraska, but it'll probably be somewhere on the West Coast. You know, that's where I came from here, came from to come here was uh, the Portland area. And I have this idea that I want to buy or build a 50-plus foot sailboat. So um, at some point, I'm going to travel up and down the coast depending on the weather and what time of year it is. And it's okay, I'm going to head south for the winter and come back up and just kind of cruise the coastline. But who knows? I mean, that's just a, a a pipe dream. I mean, I'll be able to fly some point in my life, you know, so I got to replace that. So that's where the sailboat comes in. But uh, my point right now for the next year, I plan to be either consulting. I have a couple of products in mind that I want to develop. I've already got those underway. It's just a matter now. I've hired people to help me with content, things like that. I don't have to contribute to it. Um, 
but I do plan to do that very thing. In fact, my first product is probably going to be a training program with the affiliate marketing industry. Brilliant. Outstanding. Outstanding. So, Gary, the last question that we have is something that we try to ask all of our our guests is what sage advice can you offer for our boss free society listeners? Mm -hmm. Basically something that they can do in the next 24 to 48 hours that can move their business forward. Without knowing what their business might be. I would have to say if nothing else, just start down, start by writing out a plan. So you know from one step to the next where you're going to go. And it took me a while to figure all this stuff out. I love Pam Hendrickson's reference to uh, random acts of content, you know, <laughs> random acts of marketing. Those things don't work. You have to sit down and actually start planning it. And the reason they don't work is because if you don't have a goal or a direction, you're not going anywhere. It's just like sailing with no rudder. <laughs> very, very smart. So you're at the mercy of the wind. You're going to go wherever the wind blows you. But but start with one point. And it's like for me, my next step is probably going to be the podcast. I'm, I'm going to sit down and finish that program. In fact, after we finish here tonight, I'm going to um, go look at some of the material that I've been looking at. And then I also have another program. You remember Lisa Sasevich? Of course. Yes. I, I bought her program because I want my, – my goal is to be a public speaker. I love speaking. I've been in front of probably three or four different audiences of 100 people. The largest was Saturday at the event – or I'm sorry, Friday evening at the event in San Diego. There was probably 400 people there. I didn't even notice them. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they were out there, but I was focused on what we were talking about and what was going on. Yeah. And um, it, it's just – I love to teach. That's my biggest thing. And that's what makes me good at what I do. And I also – am self-taught and the only thing I wasn't able to teach myself is how to fly and I just totally don't understand this day why they wouldn't let me do that but um, I don't know I know how an airplane works why couldn't they let me learn to fly you know I had to go through the instructor and all that nonsense but <laughs> but anyway no I, my, my biggest point would be to focus on something and then accomplish that and then move on to the next step Say, sage advice from a man who has reinvented himself. We look forward to hearing more about your podcast, Gary, and also what is it you're doing with your products, your affiliate marketing, and all the links on how to get a hold of Gary, more about Gary if you want to either have a, a book that you want to get done and have his consulting chops to help you through that or find out more about his products. All of that will be in the show notes. So, Gary, thank you so much. It has truly been a pleasure to have you. Oh, no, no, I appreciate that more than you know. The only thing I possibly add what you just said is it doesn't matter whether it be just assistance in, in completing a book or getting started with it or from start to finish. I can do it either way. Brilliant. So I do appreciate awesome. the both of you. Awesome. Yes. Well, thank you thank so you, much, Gary. Gary. It's been a pleasure. Mine. It's all mine. Trust me. <laughs> thank you. All right. all right. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the Boss Free Society podcast. If you want more, Connect with us on Facebook at Boss Free Society fan page, Twitter at Boss Free Society, or join our group of other boss-free-minded peeps at the Boss Free Dojo on Facebook. <laughs>